This is the morning brief from the Economic Times. Listeners of the morning brief, please note that today's episode has references and a first-person account of disease, death and trauma that some may find disturbing. 4.7 million 47 lakhs That's how many people the WHO or the World Health Organization's latest report estimates were the number of covid-linked deaths that took place in India in 2020 and 2021. These many deaths would mean the cities of Lucknow and Nagpur would be completely wiped out. In contrast, the figures that the Indian government put out are far lower. 4.8 lakh deaths as of December 2021 is the official estimate, which is in fact a tenth of the WHO's estimate. What's more is that the WHO claims that India's COVID death numbers are the highest for any country and comprise nearly a third of the 15 million deaths globally. So how did the government react? India has questioned the World Health Organization's methodology to estimate COVID-19 mortalities in the country. India has said that using such a mathematical modeling cannot be applied to estimate the death figures for such a vast nation of geographical size and population. What is this methodology that the government is raising concerns about? And why is there such a huge discrepancy between the government's numbers and the WHO's findings? Our guest Yashwan Deshmukh, founder director of Sea Water and ET Prime's Vikas Dandekar, unwrap all this and even speak about what this tells us about the broader issues of data collection and data culture in India. After all, this is not the first time that the government has had to face allegations of underreporting. Stay tuned to find out more. It's Tuesday, the 10th of May. I'm your host Diyareki and you're listening to Whose Data Is It Anyway on the Morning Brief. To start off with, let me tell you that I wasn't shocked by the numbers. I don't think there was a moment through the second wave where my phone wasn't buzzing with someone somewhere posting a desperate plea for help. So it's only natural for me to ask Yashwant if he was surprised by the WHO's projection. Well, not exactly a surprise because there were other uh, estimates that were floating around about the mortality numbers. The numbers are slightly on the higher side that we anticipated in our paper for the science. We expected and actually calculated on the actual survey numbers uh, for 3.2 million. We we had calculated about 7 to 8 times higher. This is way more than that. That is something which is surprising for us in a way that it is slightly more than what even the worst numbers of the other research papers had done. Hold that thought as I quickly ask Vikas whether he felt the report was accurate. The number which is like 9 to 10 times higher than the official figure does raise a little bit of an alarm. but having said that a lot of other countries have also been cited by the who report where the numbers are massively high so for example pakistan has eight times higher the number official number that they have reported 
Indonesia ha- has agreed that there is a discrepancy in their reporting. And uh, even the US, Germany, all of these countries have all-cause mortality, excess mortality during this pandemic period. So while the numbers of India is alarmingly high, there is a deficiency in reporting of deaths across countries. But before we delve into the face-off between the WHO and the government, it's important to contextualize things. For that, I got Vikas to tell us how the WHO is viewed today. Is it suffering from problems of perception? Right from the beginning, there have been inconsistencies, not just in WHO as a global regulatory agency for healthcare. Even the US FDA has been found lacking in many ways in approving drugs. WHO made some uh, big errors in the estimation initially. Nobody knew that the pandemic will become so big. And the most critical part is about them not really alerting the world about the extent of the pandemic at the start of it in Jan or Feb 2020. So their response has been slow, for sure. And they haven't been seen as coming down uh, tough uh, on China. So far as Indian data is concerned, we do know that a lot of other studies have actually also pointed to the inconsistencies in data. For example, in deaths that have happened due to comorbidities, which also was probably accentuated because of COVID, were not really accounted as COVID deaths. And that's been the case in China as well. So how you actually read that data is extremely important. And that's where I think the lessons to be drawn from our side is that, is there a very clear way of handling information within our states also. Interestingly, John Wakefield, who is a member of the WHO's technical advisory group that was responsible for the report's modelling, told ET that the methodology used by the WHO to calculate the number of deaths in India due to COVID-19 is different from the one which Indian authorities have dismissed as being flawed. Wakefield said they developed one model for countries with no data and a different model for countries with subnational data. And India falls in the second category. He went on to add that the Indian government critiques were of the first model which wasn't used for India, something which he claimed India was repeatedly informed of. But here's the thing. Every research study has its own methodology. And it's important to understand that the government has rejected WHO's methodology. Why? I prodded Vikas further to shed some light on why the UN body's process is under the scanner. So, a couple of things that need to be said is that, you know, in their evaluation, they have taken into account uh, possibilities of traffic accidents or isolation related, which prevented deaths. Now, If that is the case of uh, all-cause mortality, it clearly raises a doubt because, you know, during COVID, uh, traffic was not there. And then they have actually extrapolated that this could be also a a death that needs to be reported as COVID. Uh, You know, there is a, a real issue there. 
And same has been the case with the data collection part. They have clearly mentioned that in African countries, only 6 out of 47 countries actually reported data. Then there is another issue that in uh, Europe, there was a heat wave and a lot of deaths probably happened during that heat wave. So that also they did not really factor in. There are some very clear issues that should have been considered when the WHO actually came up with these numbers. Now, before you think there's no merit to this report, hold up. Vikas, like Yashwant, said it was beyond doubt that there has been underreporting of COVID deaths in India. Listen in. Definitely, underreporting has happened. There is no doubt about it because deaths have not been reported in the way they should have. Of course, the government says that all the deaths are registered and it should be a very clear black and white data that they have. The point is, lots of cases have been seen where uh, it has been a COVID-related death, but the families have actually pushed the hospitals or doctors to certify as it uh, as a non-COVID case so that they can do the funeral rites and uh, things like that. So that is just one part of it. There have been ample cases where they have also analyzed seroprevalence data information and then correlated it with what possibility could be of deaths. So, you know, it depends on how you actually kind of slice and dice the information Uh, the data and draw the information that you want. Uh, But for sure, uh, may not be 4.7 million or 5 million. The point is that uh, everything is not like so tight that you can say that it was only uh, 5 lakh deaths. Okay. So the WHO's methodology is not up to the mark. So we must have had our own, right? What was that like? Was that foolproof? Here's Yashwant giving us the lay of the land. As far as the government records are concerned, they are the actual records to be precise. But the thing is that not all the deaths in India are actually registered and recorded in terms of medical records. There are death certificates issued, but not all the deaths are medically certified, which are carrying the certificate saying what caused the death of the particular person. So certainly the number of deaths do get calculated or do get registered with the government records but not necessarily that they are carrying the exact reason of the death. So that is a very fine line to understand. What is happening right now that even today, the government is saying that there have been excess number of deaths in the last three years. What the reports are saying that they cannot be treated as COVID death for obvious reasons that there is no medical certificate attached with these people as COVID deaths. We all know that's an issue of capacity. At that point of time, even the first wave or the second wave, the number for people who could be tested was not really great. Or a number of people who could be tested before they died as COVID positive, that was not the best system that we could have at that point of time. So the issue is not if more people die. The issue is whether the number of excess deaths are they certified as COVID deaths or not? Eventually, the government numbers will register them. They will show that there were huge number of excess deaths in India. The problem is that none of 
those excess debts, majority of them, unless they are carrying a very clearly defined debt certificate that, okay, this person has died because of COVID, that debt will not be counted as the COVID. If you're wondering what Yashwant means, here's Basavaraj narrating what he faced. So when my father felt sick, we thought it was due to his regular acidity and heartburn problems. But one day he suddenly felt very weak. So we rushed him to the nearest hospital. But to my surprise, no hospital was ready to admit him without the test results. We had to go from one hospital to another as all the hospitals have adopted the same policy. So we went for test at government facility, but they had a rule that patient need to be quarantined there till the next, till the test results arrive. Next morning, my father was very unconscious and doctors told he need a ventilator. Luckily, we got one after trying two, three hours. But at that time, my father's oxygen level reached to 68. And next morning, unfortunately, my father passed away. We received the test results after the cremation. He tested negative. Doctor's report says that my father had a pneumonia and he had a cardiac arrest and the cause of death was cardiac arrest. But I am sure it was COVID. I doubt the intentions of the hospital to not mention the real cause of death, that is COVID. Basavaraj's father and many others are the discrepancy in numbers that we're talking about. But does the government's denial come as a surprise? Here's Vikas telling us why it was expected. When the government said that they have checked through their diplomatic channels on how they have, in fact, India was objecting to this report for a long time and then finally it came out. And the reaction is not really surprising because one of the things that the government is saying that you cannot really use the same methodology for a small country versus a large country. Secondly, when asked to to WHO about their source of information, it seems as reported, they have relied on media reports and RTIs that have been filed. So what they are saying is that, you know, they should have come to us for uh, data evaluation because we have robust data. Now, there is definitely some strength in that argument uh, on why the WHO did not really seek that part of data is is a doubt that we have, but we don't know what are the uh, dynamics there. One thing is very clear. Mathematical modeling is or a statistical analysis of things based on extrapolation can always be questioned because they essentially may not draw all the parameters that are important for evaluation. What it does tell us that because we have seen a certain thing in a certain place with so many conditions, It could be the same thing in other places as well. In some places, they have probably hit the bullseye and got it right. In some other cases, they probably were wrong. And then the second part is that how come, you know, where China has reported only about 5,000 or 6,000 deaths, there hasn't been any mention of China. So obviously, these are uh, very clearly red flags that the government intends to uh, share and they're not wrong about But wait, we're clear that underreporting of deaths is happening. Now we may agree or disagree about which number we believe in. 
but both guests said the numbers don't accurately represent the magnitude of loss that we've suffered through covid so where are we lacking in terms of data collection here's vikas there is a restating of data for 2020 which the government has done recently where they have seen a, a little increase and so has been the case with many other states uh, which have actually gone back and uh, done evaluation of data and they have also increased their numbers so that also shows that data collection has not been foolproof but wherever there is a chance or a possibility to do a re-evaluation, the states have done that. And now, Yashwan speaks about the biggest challenges that the government has faced in data collection through COVID and makes a case for why it is imperative to put our might behind data culture. You see, biggest challenge uh, is not really the data collection. The biggest challenge is the uncertainty of data collection or irregularity of the data. Somehow, India is still not into a typical data culture where you do round the year, round the clock, necessarily data culture. In terms of, in terms of public, how they live, how their perception is changing, how they are recording their various issues and their problems and their solutions. So somehow that is something which has got weirdly struck. If you follow how the democracies, the advanced democracies work in the West, They have been collecting data, releasing the data week in, week out, day in, day out for almost 100 years. We are celebrating 75 years of our freedom, but unfortunately, that data culture is so evident, lacking in India. Data is critical, data is important, surveys are important, and there are zillion things that the survey science is used for, survey data is conducted and is applicable. Move beyond the political data that Media is so hyper-fascinated. You know, one has to go beyond that to see how much value can this data be of, how much inputs that this can be. If you're not generating or investing in data generation, data capturing, that is something which is wrong. Yashwan termed COVID to be a collective failure. And I asked Vikas what he felt about this as health is a state subject. And whether it is right to put the blame squarely on the center for underreporting. Uh, we had seen a alarming reaction when Kerala was reporting the highest number, being such a small state. Now you know it's also a factor of how many tests were done, how many uh, COVID positive reports were actually coming, whether there was enough genomic surveillance happening. Now, it's very clearly known that Kerala and Maharashtra were the only two states which were actually doing very close evaluation of genomic data. In the similar way, tests were also not as compulsory as it was in all the states. It's a state subject. So we know that all the states are not absolutely at the gold standard of providing medical help or public health response preparedness. So according to the states, the responses were also different. So as I mentioned, Kerala was right at the top, being such a small state. At one point of time, it was reporting the highest number of cases. That's not because COVID was actually spreading uh, at an alarming or a fierce pace. It was more because Kerala was more prepared to report numbers. So 
obviously it points to the fact that the more populous states were actually not reporting the numbers as they should have been reporting you might be wondering why all of this is important it's quite simple actually the implications of these gaps in numbers is way more than you would imagine i can take a couple of days back when there was a scheme which was discussed that you know the government is ensuring that the covid orphans are going to be given admission in the kentri vidyalayas and other government schools and my point point of order is that one is that how many covid orphans are going to be left out from that scheme simply because their parents that certificate do not carry the term covid written on their death certificate because they were not tested because there was not no capacity to test them eventually government will might come up and say they were excess deaths but the government will not say that these excess deaths were covid deaths simply because they are not certified as the covid that shook me up quite a bit so i decided to give you a fix on how many orphans were looking at and to my surprise i found that here too there's another dispute brewing estimates in a lancet article say that 19 lakh children experienced orphanhood due to covid in india during the first 20 months of the pandemic in a statement to the press after this article was published the ministry of women and child development called the lancet article and i quote very surprising It said the findings have no correlation with ground reality in India as reflected from field findings. What is the ministry's number then you ask? Well, they've pegged the number of orphans during COVID to be 1.53 lakh. So basically that's 19 lakh versus 1.53 lakh. You do the math. At every stage there are starkly different figures so how does one make sense of these numbers yashwan said that the only way to bring in checks and balances was to ensure that aside from government agencies there should also be a robust parallel data collection system that thrives on support from the private sector he said that these sorts of differences in numbers will happen in research but that there should be a lot more research done by different agencies and only then will the data culture catch up in india i asked vikas to give us his thoughts on what can be done to better the situation with regard to covid reporting and here's what he had to say the first thing i think is to ensure that when there is a government guideline of doing tests and reporting positive cases that should be absolutely uh, you know tightened up i think a lot of uh, the things that were happening at that time was of uh, based on self reporting now when there is a self reporting thing about a flu or a fever uh, there is always a chance that it might not be accurate and that is something that must be uh, seen very closely second is if those data is to be corrected that should be a, a cross checking mechanism that okay if this is the data that has come in a certain district how are we actually doing the cross checking of that of people turning from positive to negative while we have actually done very well on vaccination and the immunization program this part has been sadly missed 
I I would insist again on having some kind of a national plan for uh, a pandemic pandemic data evaluation, where you can get district level information, the tehsil level information, which comes uh, to the national grid without time lags. One of the things that even WHO mentioned was about the time lag, the delay in information sharing. Now, if those things can actually be tightened up and some efficiencies are brought in, I think that will really help us uh, get more accurate information. One often hears of how someone was reduced to a statistic. But what happens if they aren't even regarded as a statistic? How does one wrap their head around that? 47 lakhs or 4.8 lakhs. We can argue about the numbers till the cows come home. And while the difference is certainly jarring, it does not take away from the fact that lives have been lost. Countless lives. But that's exactly what I should not be using to describe this massive group of people that consist of your loved ones and mine. Countless needs to become countable. And for that, we need to not only improve the overall health infrastructure in the country, but need to simultaneously focus on better data collection to ensure that the lives that have been lost to this dreadful virus can be accounted for under the relevant category, which is COVID. Not diabetes, not pneumonia, not bronchitis or cardiac arrest or anything else. Or even worse, not even be recorded as a medical death at all. Thank you, Yashwant and Vikas. That's all for today. I'm your host, Dia Reiki, and you're listening to Whose Data Is It Anyway? on The Morning Brief. Producers for the episode, Surbi Modi from ET and Varun Kapai from Awaz. Sound editors, Indranil Bhattacharji from ET and Swati Joshi from Awaz. Executive producer, Arijit Barman. Special thanks to Anirban Chaudhary. If you liked this episode, please make sure to share it on your social media. The Morning Brief airs every Tuesday, Thursday and Friday. Have a good day. All clips used in this episode belong to their respective owners. Credits mentioned in the description. Listener.